got any electrician coming round today at an unspecified time after two o'clock, which means it's now a race against time for me to get dressed. <laughs> basically, I mean that's not the most exciting race against time. It takes what, like, twenty seconds to get dressed? Twenty seconds? Yeah. Trousers, you, shirt. Do you just pull on a potato sack, Matthew? <laughs> Well, no, I, but like a tra- trousers don't take that long to, to pull up, like 10 seconds max. And then, y- <laughs> you know, the shirt slips down. That's gravity doing most of the work. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're dressed. Yeah, to be fair, it is very rapid. I mean, it depend- if you're putting on socks, that might slow you down. That's the most fiddly bit of the operation, <laughs> I find. I haven't worn socks in a year. Oh, I wish I couldn't wear socks or I didn't have to wear socks. I just don't bother. Even when I go out, for the most part, like I went to, um, like if I'm going properly out, I'll wear socks, but I don't go properly out. So, uh, if you know, just bare feet in shoes. You see, I feel obliged to wear socks because I've got quite gnarly feet, and <laughs> I don't want to upset Catherine. <laughs> not, not, like nothing's like wrong with them. They're just very like, uh, leathery. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, in fairness, I do wear slippers around the house. I'm not one of the beasts. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't have slippers. It's a bit too opulent. That's too nice for my disgusting feet. <laughs> I've got these really ergonomic Austrian slippers. Oh my word! Oh la la! Oh la la! Really I, do, I regret bringing. I regret bringing this topic up now because we're on feet chat. <laughs> Although it will really, it will flush out the perverts in our listeners, won't it? Finally, Quentin Tarantino will listen to our podcast. Welcome, listener, to the Electronic Wireless Show, episode 137, the best combat in games special. This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week by M. Bison. Anyone who opposes me will be dismembered. Very good. Ah. And goon number six. Yes, I'm just sort of shuffling around in the background waiting for my turn to get punched in the head. Fair play. Good thematic. Are you technically under my commands? Oh, God, yes, I guess I am. Yes, finally. All right, good. There's going to be a lot of nonsense this episode then. (laughs) (laughs) I could just order Matthew to destroy you at any point. But I'm only goon number six. I'm not a very capable fighter. You can only carry... If I was, I'd be a mini boss. <laughs> can only carry one pallet at a time. He couldn't destroy me. <laughs> I'm just basically biding my time until Batman comes and paralyses me. I mean, that's my life. God, it's a bleak existence, being a game. Uh, before we move on to talk about combat in games, um, first of all, I'd like to point out that our discussion last week on uh, specifically on whether the moon is weather did um, mm. did uh, cause some comment. There was quite a bit of debate about that. Someone in the comments on the post on the website uh, said that 
it's weather. And I said, it's not, it's lighting. And they said, well, then mist is lighting. But mist is not lighting. Mist is an atmospheric condition. There is water in the air from mist. You know? well, I mean, there's there's only really one source of lighting in the whole world, and that's, in the, in it, that's the sun. I really want to support this person because, like, you know, this has become the hill I will die on, but I can't support the view that mist is light. <laughs> but, all, but also, like... I, I was thinking about it. The, the moon isn't weather because it doesn't even, it's not even producing its own light. It's, it's a mirror. Mm. It's a really big mirrored rock. Mm. It is I a did, real freeloader, the moon, isn't it? I did a tweet once that was like, although I was not stoned, it was the most stoner tweet ever. It was just when you think about it, like, Every night, the moon is just a mirror reflecting millions of nuclear explosions. Wow. It's quite troubling, isn't it? Yeah. You ever thought about your hands? <laughs> I don't know. Have I, M. Bison? <laughs> no. Okay. I do no. not permit you to think about your hands. <laughs> uh, but how are you this week, lads? Are you both, are you both well? Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm slightly cursed this week because uh, I think a rat has died under the, the dining room, which is the, the room I work in. Um, and so it smells of that, the sweet smell of rat decay. Oh, it's not classic. Which no. is very, it's a very specific smell. And we've had it before because we've had rat problems uh, under the house before. Um, but what's weird about the dining room is, as far as I'm concerned, there's no way in or out. It's a proper locked room mystery under there, um, which is quite exciting. Um, I don't know whether to get a rat man or Jonathan Creek to come and sort it out. We've got a rat man <laughs> in at the moment. We had a rat. Alive or? Uh, he's shrouding as rat at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, it's a funny one, isn't it? Maybe someone sent rats to, like, just disturb the electronic wireless show. Alice, have you had any redundants? No, no. So we live in a, a third, fourth floor flat and have, no, have had no redents, I'm afraid. I swore you were I about guess, to say society. I, I guess you two are just filthy. <laughs> well, it's our feet. <laughs> yeah. The rats. I mean, the rats can come and have a go at them if they want. I mean, I wish them luck. Would that be like your version of, you know, when you go to like one of those spas that um, you put your foot in a bowl of water and a load of fish eat? Do you put your feet <laughs> in the cage of rats? <laughs> yeah, I've got two holes sawn in my floorboards. I put my feet down into the space under the house and I just let the rats go crazy. I smear them in butter and I'm like... <laughs> Is it butter? I don't know what but rats even like ham. They eat wires and things. Oh, yeah. I cover my feet in cables. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I basically I just glue a graphics card to the bottom of each foot, <laughs> sticking through the holes in the floor, and uh, voila, that, a beautiful that, feet. That's how we get hardware reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Catherine just assays the state of the, the graphics cards afterwards and will just, you know, <laughs> this is a very powerful bit of hardware, but very low durability against rats. One out of ten. 
<laughs> Actually, I bet Corvo off of Dishonored would probably oh. find it quite relaxing just to have a rat foot spa. Because he is at one with them if you choose certain skills. Yeah. That's true. He can choose. He, could, he can control how much of his foot they eat. He could stop them before they went too far. Or he could I, I will... eat one like a burger. Oh, God. Mm. I, I will say, I will say, before someone writes in, I can imagine someone is composing a furious email or comment right now. But rats are a much maligned animal. Uh, and uh, I've known several people who've had rats for pets, and they're, they're quite nice. They've got nice, whiffly noses. Very nice little feet, uh, and we're not an anti-rat podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I actually find them very pleasing, oh, but um, they I, I, they I really am. worry Ashley. So I'm very anti-rat. Well, I mean, as with most things, like you, you know, you don't. Domestic dogs are very nice, but you wouldn't necessarily want a, f- a feral dog living in your drywall. So, oh no, definitely not. Uh, but, oh, but that famous are... H.P. Lovecraft story, the dogs in the walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Dog. <laughs> <laughs> the orangutan of Amontillado. Mm. It's a series of uh, classics about larger and larger animals behind walls. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I mean, one of the... The classic questions that uh, is always asked though is would you rather fight, you know, one uh, horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? And that would be a pretty intense bit of combat. Uh, and we're here today to talk about... We're talking about ducks or horses. They're animals. No, Segway cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having this. Listen, if M. Bison says it's so, then it's so. You tell them, Goon Six. <laughs> oh, but you, at the risk, at the risk of cancelling Christmas, he's not really M Bison. So <laughs> I bloody am. What does the M stand for? Uh, mega. All <laughs> oh, right, of course. I thought it might be Matthew. <laughs> oh, oh, Matthew my, Bison. In my it's head, not as it's menacing always, when you call him that. It's always been Mister Bison. <laughs> Monsieur Bison. Yeah, well, M. Bison is an animal that fights. How about that? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. There I'm backing down from holding the podcast up at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on now to talk about our favourite combat in games. Matthew, you referenced Batman at the start there. Mm. Is Batman on your list? Because it's on mine. Yeah, I, I really like the combat in the Arkham games. And I think it was like quite an important combat game in that in my head for a while there are lots of other Batman-esque systems following it, which is often a sign that you've done it right, you know. It's a bit like how after Gears everything's a cover shooter for a couple of years. I felt like we had a lot of Batman-esque brawlers. Mm. Now is that the sort of the press whatever to block sort of yeah the cat the 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 thing flashes above the head and you press it and you basically like insta counter it's 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 fun hot take uh i like it but i think that is basically an evolution of the quick time event Uh, (laughs) a good evolution but it's i'd say a quick time event 
locks you into like you've got no choice but to do a quick time event here you it's a, a thing you can do exactly counter. yeah it's like a, a it's like an ephemeral quick time event that is overlaid on the game world optionally but it's still a you know a fourth wall breaking symbol appearing to show you to that's that's like well, saying anything in game is an optional quick time event because it's an option de- yeah, optional not? decision that's- to press a button I feel like well, no, we're... I'm talking about the visual prompt. Look, I'm trying okay. to be pseudo intellectual here. Okay. Goon six. All right. <laughs> I feel like we're heading towards one of those conversations that's like, a, a, you know, one of those Tumblr posts that's like, the sea is basically soup. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> everything is a quick time event. I think it's, I enjoy it because it feels like a, a rhythm game almost. Like you get into, you almost get into sort of a state of flow with it. And, I think it's very effective at making you feel like Batman because you're just like punch, kick, punch, crack this man over the head, wrestle the pipe off this guy, jump over him, punch the other guy, and you do it all quite seamlessly when you're in a when you're yeah. doing a good fight. Big gangs as well. You get loads of goons. That's why I pick goon number six because you tend to you know you can fight like I don't know, t- tens, twenty goons at once. Is it they used pretty much the same combat system for Shadow of Mordor, didn't they? Yeah. yeah I, I, I enjoyed that. And it was like brawling in the middle of about 50 orcs was cracking fun. Yeah, it's great. And you've got a big combo thing on the side and it, it can kind of like hit the, you know, tens and upwards quite, quite easy, quite fast. And, you know, it's really hammering home that sense of, oh, you're doing loads of damage. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I, I like it. Like, I like portrayals of Batman because it's always, you know, Batman doesn't kill people, that kind of thing. But, like, he'll do everything but kill someone. Yeah, he yeah. ruins like, people's lives. Very like, much so. You know, concussion, breaking multiple limbs, you know, like, really monsters people. And I don't feel like it's, uh, it feels like a bit of a moral get out clause to be like, yeah, well, I don't kill them. So. And by the, th- <laughs> by the third game, because you've got the Batmobile in that, and you're like running people over and calling the Batmobile to come and like shoot people in the middle of combat with like, they'll probably tell you it's beanbags. But I'd say if you hit someone with a beanbag that's big enough, it'll do like the damage of something worse than a beanbag. Does Batman argue that his car is doing the killing? <laughs> it doesn't, well, he do, they just gloss over and say he hasn't killed anyone. But I'd say <laughs> if you hit someone with the, with the Batmobile at like 40, it's like that advert. Oh, yeah. Hit, hit someone at 30 and they might live. Um, hit someone at 40 in a Batmobile and, I mean, they're toast. I'd say 10, I couldn't take a 10 mile per hour Batmobile hit. I would die. What's which Batmobile do they use in the game? Is it that sort of tank-looking thing off of the Bane and Friends films, or it, it's it's yeah. more tank? It's more like a bat tank. It's pretty yeah. hefty. It's, I'd it's, prefer being hit by that. Not like the Tim Burton Batmobile, which was just like a load of like goth knives, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, it had like blades like, on the side. Yeah, um, it was like a very long, pointy shoe. Do. It's like getting kicked. <laughs> by God. It's like if God kicked you, that's what it's like getting hit by Burton's Batmobile. But if God kicked you, but like during his emo phase. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, 
do you remember that thread of like uh video game development lies that was like um like how the numbers in uh x comma fudged um so that actually you have a bit more percentage chance to hit than it's showing you so that you feel really like cool oh, yeah um one of the, that was one of those ones where i just skipped over all the reasoning and just read the conclusion but it was interesting yeah i got uh a dm around the time by a uh, uh, from a um a rockstar dev who was he said like uh the batmobile is one of those in in um one of the arcanes like you know there's a booster button he was like we just put a blur filter on the screen it does nothing really <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's naughty. Uh, but I think that's the case with a lot of like boosty things. Do you, think like, that, put... do you think that's true for Batman as well? Like he said to whoever builds the Batmobile, I want it to press this button, it goes extra fast. They can't do it. So they've just sort of tricked him as well. Batman thinks he's going faster. How do you trick someone into thinking they're going faster in real life? Though? It's the noise. It makes a big noise. Right. Okay, fair enough. He presses it and it makes like an engine revving sound. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, Batman was something me and Matthew both had. What's something um, that you have, Nate, that you're bringing to the, the table? Um, it's just flown out of my bloody head. Uh, I'll have my fallback, though, which was uh, the bow combat in Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I haven't played that many action games over the last couple of years, of course, because I'm always in my strategy hole. And I was going to start a tedious debate about how we're defining combat. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, I, as Alice says, we don't want to end up agreeing that the ocean is soup. So let's keep it at just humans versus, well, God, no. Do you know what? I'm not going to define it. I like the bow combat in Horizon Zero Dawn. It's good. Range finding feels, you know, it gets to be a satisfying part of instinct. Um, and you feel extremely nimble and dexterous just through mashing the dodge button all the time mm. to avoid getting trampled. Mm. It, I, it, I, I need to play more Horizon. I've played very little of it. Rolling about, though, I mean, it's, you know, that that is... I wonder who started rolling about as a thing in games. <laughs> oh, who was the first roller? I, well, is, I, I have to say, the one thing that breaks my immersion a bit, because I imagine, you know, robot, robot beasts, fine, but if you rolled that much, you'd get very abraded shoulders. And, you know, you'd, like, I don't care how physically fit you are, you can't just forward roll constantly for half an hour. Oh, you'd be sick, wouldn't you? Yeah, it would break anyone. Only Sonic can manage that. I really enjoyed the the bow stuff in Horizon Zero Dawn. I really like it like when you're silently killing loads of people by shooting them in the head um, and not alerting the whole camp. But I did feel, because I wasn't that good at like setting up all the traps and that kind of stuff. I felt a lot of the time, particularly when I was fighting a big monster, I was just like, yeah, constantly dodge rolling for about half an hour and then occasionally like throwing a toothpick at it. And then it would take about an hour to kill a big dinosaur. Yeah, they did get quite roly-poly, it has to be said. But I always just, you know, 
you've got a free buffet of adrenaline all the time that's happening. True. And I did, I did really like shooting the weak spots. And then it would make yeah. like a, a sad, a sad router noise. <laughs> and it had that lovely, um, like everyone does bullet time features, but it did the thing where you can only slow down time when you're jumping to yeah. take a shot. And I thought that was really well balanced because, you know, you, you couldn't just spam it. And it made the shot more difficult because you would be moving while taking it, which all, almost didn't quite like entirely counteract the benefit of time being slowed down. It felt mm. very cool. There's a, a slow-mo jump and shoot in um, Doom Eternal that you can unlock. And it just felt, it's great. It's really, really powerful because it's like, you know, being able to slow that game down completely changes it because you know so much of it about it is it just throwing so much at you and it comes so fast. So any control you have over time is mm. is like super overpowered. But I basically meant I just spend the whole time just trying to jump. You know, even like what what was the smallest jump you could do and still activate time? Like if you could just jump on the spot and then go into bullet time. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't quite do that. But if there was like any tiny ledge, I'd be jumping off it just to get like you know, half a second of bullet time in there. And I don't know if it was how it was meant to be played, but it must have looked totally bizarre to the demons. Um, <laughs> just watching this little man trying to take very sort of timid leaps off, off small ledges constantly and then shooting them in the head and only doing it then. Oh, um, is that why they're afraid of him? Yeah. Because he's always doing these completely baffling leaps. Yeah. You would never fight him on a, on a staircase because that's just like death. You'd be like, oh no, no way. It's the opposite of a Dalek. Staircases give him more power. Yeah. He is the Stairmaster. That's, what, the he, that's what he should be called instead of the Doomslayer. The Stairmaster. The Stairmaster. Oh, I remember the game I was going to say. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a bit more indie. Uh, it's something I play sometimes just for a, a relax. It's the Roman Gladiator Management Sim Domina. Have you played that? <laughs> no. Uh, it's really, like, it's not actually the best game because um, it's incredibly hard to win and not really much fun to try to win. Basically, you're, you're really it. <laughs> well, nice. well, no, I'm about to tell you where the magic is, you see. Because um, it's about you're in the, the last knackered days of Rome and you've, you're just maintaining a stable of gladiators and trying to like make money off fights and whatever. But it's just pitiless. Like it, the, you know, it makes any other permadeath in any other game look laughable. Um, you know, your, even your very best fighters who you spent ages levelling up have about a 50-50 chance of dying in every, any given fight. And it happens just horribly suddenly. Um, so the whole thing is, is basically a sorrow for Wesson about how cheap life was in the ancient world. But it has got the most banging soundtrack known to man. <laughs> really? That's a, yeah. that's a bold claim. Uh, it honestly is one of the best game soundtracks of all time. Uh, it was composed by the guy who made the game as well. He's also just a brilliant musician. And it's just really crunchy, aggressive. Um, 
electronic music, very good. Uh, and the fighting is, yeah, it's fast and meaningless and monstrous. You can control it or you can not control it. Um, it barely makes any difference. In fact, one of the upgrades you can get for your gladiators, because um, you, you know, tore them all up in between battles, I love this, uh, is you can make their AI better because it starts off awful. Um, but if you keep buffing up, eventually they'll get competent. I've never seen that in any other game. You can actually just buy your AI starts sort of hobbled and you can make it better. Hmm. But yeah, loads of pixelated blood. Very good. I, I had a, it's maybe a, a sea soup one, but um, I do really like uh, in The Curse of Monkey Island, uh, which is, I don't know if Monkey Island purists um, think it's one of the best, but there are a couple of really good um, dueling bits in it. Uh, on kind of the first island that you go to. There's one where uh, you're challenged to a duel and it's banjo dueling and you have to, it's like a little um, Simon Says, so you have to repeat the tune back at your man uh, and then you win by getting a gun and shooting his banjo. Um, uh, But then the bigger bit is where you're sailing around and you need to upgrade your pirate ship to beat the guy that stole your girlfriend who's been turned into a golden statue and uh to get money you need to sort of climb up this ladder of increasingly uh powerful or better than you pirates so you do little shoot their boats and that but then each fight you have with a pirate captain is an insult battle Mm. um and you have to pick the right insult that sort of rhymes with what they said to you and then you you get more you sort of accrue insults it's sort of like getting um like weapons almost uh Mm. by hearing new responses or 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 new kind of uh taunts until you're good enough to beat the uh the top the top guy that's Uh, like insult sword fighting can't go wrong yeah this was the third game wasn't it yeah yeah you could insult sword fight in the first one as well um, I don't know if it was in the second one, but oh, it was great. I really liked the third one, actually. I was a big, big fan of that. Uh, that was the only I... point-and-click adventure I ever really got into, actually. Mostly for the tune in the barbershop. Oh, yeah. Ordered. They sing, yeah. That one. It's still stuck in my head, like, 20 years later. Yeah, I don't remember the insult fighting in the first, the first makeup, but then I was quite like I didn't play the original because obviously it came out when I was about yeah yeah you learn minus Car- I think it's Carla who teaches you insult sword fightings mm. but, but, but yeah the, the kind of the collecting the like once you've heard a response you've kind of got it you can use it against other people so you have to kind of lose a bit to kind of build up your sort of vocabulary of insults which is fun um I found it uh, there was that there was quite an undercooked version of that in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The flighting. Yeah. I thought that was quite weak. Yeah, it They're wasn't in Crusader as... Crusader Kings 3 as well, you know. Is there? Yeah, flightings. Oh, everything's so, uh, in... Do you actually do it? Do you control it? Uh, no, no, you don't. Oh. Everything's in Crusader Kings 3, though. I bet there's like a cooking mini-game in Crusader Kings 3 and like... 
There is actually a personal combat minigame, which is actually pretty good. That is, you make a decision what to do for every move of the fight. Oh, right. And oh, that- it, it's quite good. I had one of my uh, the sons of Giga Knight, um, because they're all unstoppable. Um, uh, for those unaware, uh, I made the ultimate, like, they use the custom ruler creator to make the most powerful human possible. Then they died, and now I'm playing as all of their sons. But um, because they're all so powerful, you never have to worry about losing a fight. So I challenged one man to a duel and just stood on the spot insulting him until he got so angry he ran into my sword. And it was kind of reminded me a bit of um speaking of point and click games not a good combat system was uh in indiana jones and the fate of atlantis if you chose the fist paths the fist path through the game which was which meant you had to do lots of fighting in a kind of point and click interface so it was like it looked you know side on so a bit like street fightery except you're clicking on the bit of the body you want to punch i never understood that i always thought that was absolutely baffling like you know, the kind of people who play point-and-click games, a.k.a. nerds and intellectuals. Um, intellectuals! <laughs> it's the intellectual's choice of genre. <laughs> oh, yes, I will combine this bucket with a fake moustache. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like, I know Indiana Jones likes to punch, but it, uh, that never really clicked for me. Intellect. That's such. <laughs> it, I can't believe you said that. I like point and click games, but I can't... Oh, I'm kind of with Matthew, actually. They were the nerdy, like the nerdy boys, the nerdy boys who hung out in the library at school. Yep. They were uh, yeah, the ones who liked sorry, point and click I'm sorry. Games. Like n- nerd is not synonymous with intellectual. You can't just replace. Also, Matthew, that was us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Where were you? <laughs> just you're just like calling yourself a smart boy. Well, yeah, I, I was. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not embarrassed by that. <laughs> oh god. Um, I was trying to think of a a good example of stealth combat as well that isn't dishonored because we always mention dishonored. Um, but I was I was struggling to think of one that I enjoyed as much as Sonic. I mean, I'm very bad at stealth games. So. The com- well, that's it. Combat in a stealth game is usually you've messed up the stealth game, right? Yeah, good point. So I often feel like you, you gauge by how bad the combat is of like, oh, they don't really want me to do this. Like, this isn't really what I, I should probably just reload. That was what, that's what's hard about Dishonored, because the combat is actually like really meaty and complex, and there's mm. loads of abilities based around the combat. So you're like, what am I meant to do with this? Am I meant to be sneaky? Should I be violent? Uh, what's that game as well that, that was like one-to-one uh, dueling and you had little masks? Absol- is it Absolver? Where you could sort of create your own fighting kind of I stances think- and... I've, I've never, I've never, I never actually got around to playing that one just because it looked incredibly hardcore. But yes, it was a. Didn't you like build all your combos? Yeah, it's a bit yeah. Handy. Um, Different stances and stuff. And oh. yeah, I agree. Like way too hardcore for me, but a very impressive system. 
you know what's wicked? Nidog. Have you played Nidog? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That water. I've never known a game make me so intensely competitive against someone in the same room. It's great. It's just, I love that thing you can do as well, where you sort of make your little bloke just leap along in a constant crouch so he looks like a little roast turkey. Mm. That was my killer move. I think, yeah, there's in the office, uh, back when I was doing the magazines, the PC game a lot were always playing Nidhogg. And I think they used to refer to that as the wildebeest. And they were like (laughs) wildebeesting it along. They shouted the word wildebeest a lot playing Nidhogg. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, it's it's the 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 nerds are the ones who play point and click games. Nidhogg people are really cool. <laughs> PC gamer were the, were the cool ones in the magazine office. It's all relative. I, like, oh, I wish I wish I was over there shouting wildebeest. <laughs> wish I was one of the PC gamer jocks. Well, you know, in the land of magazine games journalists, it doesn't take much to be the alpha male. I think God, I told you. When we were in the office, we, we used to share a floor with um, Eurogamer, and one time I told them they were the jocks. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the uh, Reed Pop Breakfast Club? <laughs> no. No, because they would just all, yeah. They, they, at the end, it would just be you can be a nerd, a nerd, a loser, a nerd. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I doubt anyone who works there was ever in detention once. That also a good point. <laughs> like, that is just, that's not true. <laughs> I think I was in detention once and I was mortified. <laughs> I got I detention. Got out of it every time. I got detention for getting my peak at once. But I didn't know how detention worked and the other kids in detention were laughing at me for... Being like not odd. knowing the detention rules. Well, that's because you go into the detention room and there's all the usual suspects, and you're like fresh meat. It's a bit like the scene in prison where, like, the nervous <laughs> oh guy God. walks in. And oh, they're the all film like, prison. <laughs> you know, they're all like banging on the banging on the bars with the cups and like wolf whistling and all that. <laughs> it's very. It's got that energy. It's very Tim Robbins and Shawshank. You're like Tim Robbins shouldn't be in prison. You know. <laughs> I think I was given about 12 detentions, but I talked my way out of every one of them. Wow, you must have had a very high charisma stat. That was, that was yeah, that was my only, only decent stat at school, actually. Sure, see, that's very telling uh, that in that metaphor where obviously Matthew is saying he is Tim Robbins, <laughs> he's just like, Tim Robbins shouldn't be in prison. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> So Matthew was saying of himself that I should never be punished for things. Well, no, <laughs> I should be punished, but I don't, I don't, I don't commit I, evil deeds that I are don't deserving in, I don't belong in detention or prison or any of that nonsense. I am incapable of wrongdoing. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. Like, I, gen- I, I strive to, to, to not be an evil person and not to, to do wrongdoing. Uh, well, I mean, having said that, what... What character shall we send with Matthew to bang on the walls of the London Aquarium this week? <laughs> Batman. Oh. oh, yeah, that's a good one. What would Batman do in, if, if he went to the London Aquarium with Matthew? Well, are there villains there? I am almost certain the Penguin's probably got some sort of finger in that pie, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, Batman would hurt a penguin if, he, if, it, if it meant getting to the Penguin. 
There are penguins at the London Aquarium, I think. Yeah. It, is it's dropkicking a penguin. In this scenario, is Matthew not a villain? He's a goon. No, but I mean in the scenario where, where he's going to the London Aquarium and, aquarium and hammering on the glass to upset the Oh, you saying if that happened, Batman would put a stop to me. They'd break both your arms so you could never bang on the glass again. Oh, God. And I would be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I would break your arms. Wow, that's a, re- that's a reboot I would pay good money to see. Both I, your arms like- are in plaster. It'd take you longer than 20 seconds to get dressed then, wouldn't it, Matthew? <laughs> well, yeah. Then what maybe. I would do if if I was Batman and I had to bring you to justice in the London Aquarium, I would really like carefully manoeuvre the Batmobile through the entrance lobby from the South Bank in like an excruciating two hundred and thirty point turn, <laughs> and then I would just trundle it down the corridor at precisely two miles an hour, and just bump into you. At non-lethal but crippling speed. <laughs> You'd use the beanbag guns. Just, yeah. just pelt me with beanbag after beanbag. But oh, what, what if they missed and banged on the glass? Oh, because that, oh, no. that, that would be allowed. I know it'd be amazing. I'd have to take myself to Arkham. <laughs> Can't take Matthew to Arkham because he doesn't belong there. Uh, no, I don't. I don't like Tim Robbins didn't belong in Arkham Asylum. (laughs) Imagine if the Shawshank Redemption had been set in Arkham Asylum. (laughs) I remember when Andy first came to Arkham. (laughs) Formed a long-lasting friendship with Killer Croc. Mm. Bury some money under a tree or saying, oh, I can't remember the Shawshank Redemption's plot now. It's fine. You don't need to. Um, uh, Thanks I'm trying for to think insulting me. <laughs> Nobody needs to. It's a good I, I, film. So, but it's... Some other uh, quickfire combat suggestions. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like combat in Dead Cells, which is uh, – a really interesting combination of you're very sort of fast and nimble, but you also feel very hefty, so you can like batter through doors. Doors shatter quite nicely in that game, and admittedly, you build up an arsenal of stuff that maybe you don't even engage with, like close up sort of melee combat. You've got so many little, uh, you know, machines shooting out axes or whatever, um, that you just let them do the killing. That's really how I tend to play Dead Cells, is, is placing lots of machines that do the killing for me. Um, quite a lazy hero, but the, the 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 sense of like smashing through stuff is really satisfying and physical in that game. Um, I also want to uh, a little shout out for Devil May Cry Five, um, yeah. which is like super flashy. I'm not very good at it, you know. When you see like amazing people playing Devil May Cry, it's like they've unlocked a whole other game that you don't really understand. But what I, what I liked about 5 in particular was that it had loads of characters who had different fighting styles that felt very distinct. It felt you could get your, your head around everything quite quickly and just in, and enjoy the differences. You know, like if you were Dante and he had his like, you know, boxing mode, he could really, you know, he just goes in smashing people up in the face with his fists and he does like really fast sort of like drumming on, you know, like you do with those little hanging 
Yeah. Um, boxing bags, whatever they're called, punching oh, bags. Yeah, yeah. We sort of do that. He's got a lot of that kind of stuff going on, which I which I like. This is, is how five... I know about fighting. I have none it's, of the terminology. Is <laughs> five the one with the motorbike and stuff? That's yeah. He split yeah the yeah. motorbike weapon, which he's got a motorbike which splits into like two halves, which is basically a stick with a motorbike wheel on the end, and then he just sort of revs the wheels against <laughs> people's faces and stuff. That's amazing. There's a man who can fire off his arm and then surf on his own arm. It's like a rocket arm. Oh yeah, he's got. You can like upgrade his prosthetic yeah. arm with different stuff. It can be like yeah. a grappling hook or his stuff, but he's got an arm which yeah, it fires off, and then you can steer it around to hit people. But then you can also jump on it and like ride it like a skateboard um, or hoverboard like Marty McFly. It's, it's a great game, Devil May Cry Five. If you like punching stuff in the face, Devil Sad. Devil may cry. Yeah, that's what it says on the title screen. Yeah. Like Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> Devil sad. Uh, any more for any more? Uh, I think we've had loads of fights there. We, we ought to mention some sort of um, like 1v1 beat-em-up. Oh, are you I good am at any 1v1 beat-em-up? Because I am terrible at Terrible them. at them. Terrible. And it really um, puts me off because there's such a. It feels like they all you ever hear about beat ups is like extreme elite play, and so everything else feels like you're failing at it. To me, I I really enjoyed Injustice. I thought Injustice was really good. Um, uh, That's like Mortal Kombat, but with Batman, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, that I think was really fun, and it was good. Like the characters all felt really different. The plot like the single player plot was actually really good um but yeah i'm not great at them and you immediately feel like if you are listening and you are well into um fighting games and beat em ups i'd not judging you specifically but the community itself doesn't feel super welcoming um, not enormously no uh and so that's always been a bit of a a little bit off putting you know like like I don't want to watch Rick and Morty anymore it's not the same because I wouldn't say that beat em up fans are embarrassing but um... <laughs> <laughs> might be Brent Brenty used to like a good fight em up yeah yeah but it does I think once you get to a certain point it it's like you you have to get into all the the hitboxes and stuff and like if you're not if you haven't played every beat em up ever you have no right to have opinions on any of them and all that kind of stuff it just and maybe that's me maybe it's just i've met some terrible fighting game fans i don't know i get the impression brendy liked the ones where you could play as like a bear and punch someone as like a bear or yeah. like, he liked tekken because it had like the mad character creator in it didn't it that you can sort of like basically make anything and then there's all these clips of like you know, SpongeBob SquarePants and breaking the back of Homer Simpson and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, Tekken's cracking. It's not on PC though, is it? But yeah, yeah, yes. Some of the recent oh, ones are. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I like Tekken's. There was the one with the man with the Jaguar head who who wrestled, and the other man who rolled around on the floor. He'd be good at Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> Want to keep up with all the latest happenings in video games? 
Well, you should listen to the PC Gaming Week Spot, or PS's weekly recap of the last seven days in PC video gaming. And mystery Steam reviews. PC Gaming Week Spot is a magazine-style podcast where I, Colm O'Hearn, and he, Matthew Castle, chat about all the biggest news stories. Don't forget mystery Steam reviews. We also give you previews and reviews on the latest video games, from the big AAA releases to the lovely indie darlings. Uh, and mystery Steam reviews? And Every week we open up the Weekspot mailbag to answer your burning questions on everything from Xbox Game Pass for PC to how we like our eggs. Alright, go on Matthew. What? Tell them about Mystery Steam Reviews. Oh yeah, there's Mystery Steam Reviews too. A little more... Uh, That's our weekly quiz segment where we test each other's game knowledge via Steam Reviews. The clue's in the name. The important thing to note is it's the part of the show where I usually kick your ass. Yeah, when you're cheating. When I'm cheating? Oh man, you are so full of shit. So download the PC Gaming Week Spot every Tuesday to stay up to date on all the important stuff in video games. You can subscribe via all good podcatching apps so you never miss an episode. Or you can listen to us or watch the video version if you prefer podcasts you can look at on rockpapershotgun.com. I'd recommend watching just so you can see a grown man, me, crush another grown man, him, in a stupid quiz about PC games. I admire your belief, if nothing else. So go subscribe to the PC Gaming Weekspot podcast, your recap of the last seven days in PC video gaming. We're running a bit long, we always run long, but um, let's do a little, we've got time for a little Cavern of Lies this week, uh, prepared by Nate, I believe. So can you lads give me a sting? The Cavern of Lies! Mm. Beaker tech there. Very good, yeah. <laughs> Enjoyed that a lot. I, I remembered as well. Do you remember that time that I did an absolute like honker of a Cavern of Lies where I said that uh, I tried to convince you that Jeremy Bentham was a, a, a character <laughs> in, in Devil May Cry? <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was finding it hard to talk because I kept thinking about Jeremy Bentham. (laughs) One of the worst attempts I've ever made. Anyway, what have you got for us this week, Nate? What's the cave look like? (laughs) Welcome to the Cavern of Fights. Oh. Oh, no. Uh, I'm Goro, the big four-armed man from Mortal Kombat. And I knew you were coming, because you know what they say, four-armed is forewarned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. Are you Goro just for that joke? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's over and done with. Uh, No, this is a Mortal Kombat-themed cavern. it's extraordinarily narrow, and there's uh, an enormous, uh, like, violent and barren vista on one side with, like, I don't know, a mammoth dying and some monks pulling each other's guts out um, Great. on top of a volcano. And then on the other side, there's just a giant black abyss with uh, a pallid face holding a control pad. Um, <laughs> So I am on one side of the cavern, uh, you are on the other, and we're going to fight. 
uh, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, what I'm going to do, I am going to describe some finishing moves. You know, the Mortal Kombat series has always been renowned for its absurdly violent uh, fatalities. Mm. Um, I'm going to keep it PG with the description, but uh, they are... Yeah, they're pretty horrendous and very, very inventive and often very silly. Um, okay. So I'm going to present um, them to you. And if you, if you guess whether they're right or wrong, I won't do them. If you are wrong, I will do the move on one of you and you'll become a ghost. Oh, okay. God. So if you get okay. too wrong... You've been mortally combated, all right? All right. Okay. Are you uh, ready for the first one? Yeah. Fight! <laughs> okay. Havoc. These are all from recent Mortal Kombat games. <laughs> okay. Havoc is like a... He sort of looks a bit like a, a skeleton priest Roman, um, and he's from... The chaos realm, uh, and he wants the universe to be in insane forever. <laughs> and his fatality is to creep over to someone and very, very rapidly eat their arms. <laughs> like a like a man stripping corn from a cob. <laughs> and that's not even the end. When he's done with that. He'll yeah. sort of caper away and have a big sick before celebrating his win as his enemy dies. Okay. Eats their arms and pukes them up, basically. Very rapidly eats their arms. <laughs> what he... are they doing that allows him to do this? Oh, they're just, wait, they're like dazed, right? Yeah, they're like swaying. And so he just uh, so, saunters in a face. So does, does he eat like one arm and then the other arm? Yes. Yeah, he starts from the fingers and goes to the shoulder. But like a corn on the cob? Yeah, or like ribs, I suppose. Uh, well, no, because he eats the bone as well. Um, I'm, so I'm if you were very enthusiastic about ribs. I just... I'm I, struggling to imagine the, the practicalities of... Like his positioning, and well, that's it. You think so it'll be one arm, and you're like, oh, and then you watch him do the other arm, and you're like, oh, get on with it. Um, and also, would having your arms eaten that wouldn't necessarily kill you, which is like the vibe of the finishing moves. Well, but I if mean, you're already uh, close to death, <laughs> it's I imagine that you're losing just gonna bleed out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless you get rapid medical attention, <laughs> you could you could survive that, which I'd say is. Not true of a fatality. Oh, it's in the name. I'm gonna say it's it's not true because it's I yeah, I just can't imagine the the animation on it because it would have to be so quick. Yeah, I just can't yeah, I'm gonna say that's an that's yeah. an ooh la la. I think you could survive this, so it's ooh la la. Who's who's standing in front out of you two? Because uh, don't forget, only one of you can make the call for each one because your lives are on the line. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll take this one. I'll stand in front. Yeah, given that you think you could survive your arms. I think, so I think even <laughs> if you did it to me, I think I could survive, but I don't think it's real. 
bloody arms! <laughs> but it's real! Oh my god. It's real. Mean, it's real. I've just okay. sparked Re- up your arms. Recalibrate for Mortal Kombat's level of nonsense. <laughs> Matthew's a ghost now. Why? You can still I've, play. Just, I've just not got arms. You can still play. Okay, all right then. You just haven't got arms. We'll play by your rules. If you think that's not fatal, <laughs> you're not... bleeding out very rapidly. Yeah, but hopefully I'll last this segment. Okay, let's hope so. Your next foe is Shiva, um, who has, like the Hindu goddess, she's almost certainly not appropriating. She has many arms. Um, and what she does, all right, with her top set of arms, grabs her opponent's body, then uses her bottom set of arms to pull off the opponent's arms and then flips the arms round. This and is starts, already too complicated. Basically, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's very hard to describe the animation. What essentially happens, she grabs them one pair of arms, rips their arms off with another, and then starts battering them in the face with their own fists in a classic why are you punching yourself? Oh, okay, right. good, yeah. And when the kill is done, guess how she celebrates? Does she eat By them? She <laughs> applauds with, <laughs> with the severed arms. Right. But I would say, off the bat, that sounds too cute for Mortal Kombat. When, I, no, I think, I think this one might be true because I know, I know Shiva is a real character. But clapping with someone's arms that you've pull, pulled off, that's a bit of a cute touch for Mortal Kombat. Oh, I would say more gruesome. Say... Well, it's a bit like, they're, they're, I think they're a bit harder edged than that. Well, she has ripped the arms off. Yeah, but she's clapping with them in like a sarcastic, like Mortal Kombat isn't a very sarcastic world. It's not a world where sarcasm is valued, I don't think. I think this one's real. You're, uh, you've got no I'm, arms I'm anyway. I've got arms to lose, so. <laughs> I think well, do you want to, since he's still clinging on to life, do you want to send him forward to give the verdict on this? You might as well power game. Yeah, go on. There. Yeah. Can't rip your arms off if there are no arms. Yeah. I think it's real. I think it's nice. Nice. It's ooh la la. Ah, oh, curses. You got me. It's real. Oh, well, uh, I what does that mean for Matthew then? He's uh, just still got no arm. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I've got a couple to spare. I'll rip one off and chuck it across the screen. There you go. <laughs> Why is Mortal Kombat so obsessed with people having their arms removed? Uh, it is, honestly. Uh, researching this, I realised just how much arm removal. It's a, it's a farewell to arms, the whole thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What, okay. What's next? All right. Now, uh, I love Matthew's contention that it's not a silly game. So the next character is from Mortal Kombat 11. It's the Terminator. <laughs> the T-800. He's not a silly man. And, uh, well, this kill uh, has the Terminator blow off his opponent's shins with a shotgun. Um, 
But then he doesn't finish the job. He activates um, a time travel globe like in Terminator, mm. which sends his near-defeated opponent to the distant future. And then the camera cuts to them in the middle of a nightmarish war between robots and the human resistance, uh, where they're too wounded uh, to stand up and they're shot to death in the crossfire. Weird. Okay. First of all, do do we think the Terminator is in Mortal Kombat 11? Yeah, that, that's that's true. Like they added all kinds of like 80s action icons. There's like Rambo as well, I think. Okay. So I I think it's okay. I I actually think this is true. I don't know. It's it's quite complex yeah but that's the thing that like if you've got the terminator license you really want to go all in on it and go like really deliver the the, i think that they're like crowd pleasers when it comes to the that kind of uh you know the extra characters and stuff i do think they go above and beyond to make them seem as, as exciting as possible i think this this actually sounds legit were you chancing on I don't. I don't know. I've still got my shins, so I feel okay. <sighs> you, I just, I don't know. It just feels like a bit. It feels like a, a lot of different stages to. But you're. Mm. You got to remember there were like takedowns in Injustice, where they like punch people through the moon and stuff like it yeah, was yeah that's true they, they do go big sometimes they go bigger than that's why i didn't really believe the arm pulling because it seems so minor all right okay i'll say this one's true then i'll go first because you've that's that's decent of you but, yeah. your shins are looking mighty healthy there citizen thanks yeah um the t800 lumbers out of an alcove and levels its gun uh, and then falls into the abyss because you were correct. Oh, well, well done, done Matthew. Survived another finisher. Yes. But of course, what would the Terminator be without his old mate Robocop? <laughs> okay. Who is also in Mortal Kombat 11. And as Matthew quite rightly points out, with the IP in their hands, they went to town. Robocop uh, doesn't kill you, uh, but fatally injures you, at which point a team of uh, omni-consumer product scientists uh, rush you to the side of the screen on a gurney, (laughs) take your brain out, and do you remember in RoboCop 2 where they were trying to create a new RoboCop? Yeah. um, And none of them can handle it and just went mad. They put your brain in a robot uh, which just screams and rips off its own head. Like in Robocop 2. <laughs> I. Right. Surely not. <laughs> uh, I mean, Robo- Robocop is like famous for dishing out punish. Like, he doesn't hold back. Okay. He, he will kill. He's a bit of a ki- He's a killer. That's his whole deal. All right. But, okay. The idea of him just wounding someone doesn't feel very... That's the bit which doesn't feel very Robocop-y to me. Well, the Terminator, the 
the clue is in his name. He's not called the Shin Buster, is he? No, but I don't know. And also, everyone's like, Robocop from Robocop, awesome. And then they make his fatality themed on Robocop 2, which no one really rates. That's all. That's great. What are you talking about? Robocop 2 no. I, I, I think he's trying to trick us as well by putting two robots next to each other. Ah, <laughs> oh, the classic robo confusion gambit. I just, I, I think his fatality would probably, like, if I was to guess, I would say it involved that little stompy bot that shoots the guy in the the boardroom. Yeah, or like, or like him being shot a like a bajillion times. I yeah, I think there's so much in RoboCop One you'd lean on before you went. You know what? Let's give people what they want. A load of RoboCop, RoboCop Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think he's trying to he's trying to do like find the lady, but shuffling robots around. That's what yeah. I think's going on it. So I think this is a lie. Uh, I'll go first again as well. That's how confident I am. Try and scoop my brain out and turn me into an ill-fated android, mate. It's not going to work. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. It's Robocop, uh, but he. Rips another one of my arms off. Oh no! Ah, yes. <laughs> right. Um, well done. Well done. Uh, Thank you. Okay, you're nearly nearly at the end there. Uh, oh, there's a couple more. Um, right, Cassie Cage, son of not Nick Cage, but Johnny Cage from the first, not son, daughter of Johnny oh Cage God. of the first Mortal Kombat. Uh, so Cassie uses a one of those police sticks to bash her enemy's jaw off <laughs> and then grabs them and takes a selfie with them. And then the screen pans out to show that she's uploaded the selfie to like Mortal Kombat Universe Twitter, where former characters from the series uh, begin to tweet in response to it. <laughs> What? I ca- I can't. I don't know if I can bring myself to believe it's real. It's the idea of those ridiculous Mortal Kombat people having social media accounts. That's that's like, what I really like here. Like they've all got like acid and ice coming out of their hands. How do they use computers? Also, I, this feels like. As a concept, yeah, like them having social media, having Twitter, does sound like like a seventy tweet long thread that Nate would write. <laughs> what if Scorpion was on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> it just like the jaw and the selfie. I could understand. It's the, the little bit on the end. Just feels it feels overcooked. And I, yeah, I feel like he pushed it a little bit. Too far. Oh. I I think it's I think it's ooh la la. Yeah. Uh, oh, are you gonna are you gonna go first? Yeah, I'll go first because I mean Matthew's just bleeding to death, isn't he? <laughs> Smile for the camera. Cause you're going on Mortal Kombat Twitter, mate. Bash, oh. there, there goes your jaw. Oh no. <laughs> Reptile has cancelled you. <laughs> oh no. 
God. I'm sorry to say, I couldn't believe that one. I wish he got to the end of the fight and it just says, cancel him. <laughs> that, that, that honestly was a gift to the cavern, that one. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Now, I hope you're reconsidering your, your uh, analysis of Mortal Kombat as not being that cute, Matthew. Well, that, I still wouldn't say that's cute. You know, the hard-edged world of social media. Right, Baraka. He's a sort of a demon from another dimension. Yeah. Um, oh, Alice is dead now. Yeah, we're both dead. I was going to say. Well, Matthew's still clinging on to life. This is your last shot. Baraka is a demon from another dimension. He's got like Wolverine hands and loads of sharp teeth. Yeah. And when it comes time to end someone's life, he does something quite surprising. Uh, he rips off his own head right. and revs it like a chainsaw, at which point all of his teeth start whirling round. Right. And he sort of forces it down over his opponent's body and all of their flesh comes flying out the back and his body sort of dances around to catch <laughs> it in his neck hole. <laughs> Like what? a bucket held under the outflow of a wood chipper. <laughs> he tears off his own head and then uses it to pulp a body into his now gaping neck hole. Yeah, and then he puts his head back on afterwards, revitalised. But if there was the a person who's capable of removing their own head, a lot of the other fatalities wouldn't work on him. Well, yeah, I mean, logic is, I suppose has always traditionally been Mortal Kombat strong suit. <laughs> I'm I mean I this is this is your life, Matthew, but I, I mean, say this is a lie, right? Although we've not had a great innings this time. No. Um I just don't think a, a, a Mortal Kombat fighter can tear off their own head and survive it. Um I like the idea of it. I think Nate's seen uh, Baraka's teeth and is gone or Imagine if that was like a wood chipper and he's tried to make it a bit more exciting. Like particularly with the, while the head's doing it, the body is just, and I quote, dancing around in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, surely it would be holding the head. I, I think this yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, not this... in the background. Like a man trying to carry a tray of 12 pints, you know? So no, going, whoa! This is, no, this, yeah, this is, come this, on. I'm afraid this is ooh-la-la. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I guess I'm going to have to tear off my own head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. I'm going to force it down over my own body. Oh, uh, you. Mincing it, and there'll be no neck hole to catch it in because I've minced it, so I'm just some mince now. Uh, You'll have to see nice. yourselves out. I'm mince. But I've probably... Die of blood loss at this moment as well. So fun. This is the first ever cavern of lies where everyone is dead at the end. Uh, our bodies you will never be found. We finished him. <laughs> says, says the generic robot character. All right, lovely. Thank you very much for that for that cavern, uh, Nate. Goro. <laughs> Slash no, Goro. Goro. He's just a bad dream. Slash various robots. Um, that brings us to the end of this week's Electronic Wireless Show, which means 
uh, the only thing left to do is some recommendations. So Nate, I'm giving you a warning now. Me and Matthew are going to do our recommendations. No, I'm going to do mine then, first. Really? Have you got one this week? Yeah, it's burning hot. Okay, go on then. <clears throat> it's really on theme as well because it's extraordinarily violent. Um, I've been watching uh, Jendi Tartakovsky's Primal, um, which is probably the most astonishing animated series I've ever seen. Um, visually, it's gorgeous. Uh, it's sort of, uh, there's 10 episodes, about 20 minutes long, and it's set in, you know, that sort of uh, Conan archetype of like a vaguely prehistoric fantasy world where there's cavemen and mammoths and dinosaurs and also just random like giant bats and stuff all just mixing it up all the time. It's set in that sort of a universe and uh, there's no words in it ever. It's just about a caveman and a dinosaur, a sort of T-Rex thing, uh, who are forced into uh, an unlikely alliance and just proceeds to fight (laughs) constantly against everything. And it's weirdly emotional. And also just shockingly violent. There's an episode called Rage of the Ape Men, which sounds like something I would name like a document where I keep invoices or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but in this case, it does exactly what it says on the tin. You start up the episode, my goodness, there's some ape men, and they are in a state of total anger. Uh, it's great. And like I say, it's uh, it's Tartakovsky as well, so it's you know, it's got some heart to it. And I'm not sure how, but it really does. Um, do you think the, the dinosaur and the, the caveman will do a sort of enemies to lovers arc and and kiss at the end, like in Tom yeah. and Jerry? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hour long makeout episode is really uncomfortable on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that the, the genuinely, the relationship between them is properly brilliant. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm weirdly a super fan of this. Yeah, Primal. Mm. Mm. All right. Really good. good. You, you showed me having a recommendation ready this week. Uh, Matthew, what have you got this week? I'm recommending a Chinese thriller uh, novel I've just read called... Uh, it's the second in the Death Notice series. It's called Fate by Zhu Haohe, I believe is his name. Um, uh, the pronunciation might be a bit off. Um, it's the follow-up to the original Death Notice, which I absolutely loved two and a half years ago. Then it ended on a huge cliffhanger, and I didn't know if they were ever going to translate the second part, but they did. came out very end of last year, but I've only just got around to reading it. And uh, it's kind of a sort of cops versus serial killer you know quite a cliched setup but serial killer is has these like amazing kind of schemes that always basically involve the cops kind of enacting his schemes for him he's it's a real like mastermind kind of cat and mouse thing um it sounds really really hokey but it's like the best version of of that idea i think it's it's just a, a really cinematic exciting oh god are they ever going to catch this guy and every time you think they're on top of him it sort of 
gives you like a well five minutes earlier here's how he's actually screwed them over it's brilliantly done i really really enjoyed it that sounds very good um my recommendation this week is also a book uh it's hamnet by uh maggie o'farrell i want to say um and it's uh the story so shakespeare had a son called hamnet uh who died he was a twin and Hamnet died when he was, I think, 11. And then um, a few years after that, um, Shakespeare wrote Hamlet. Um, and this book is sort of uh, an imagining of the circumstances of Hamlet's death and then how sort of Shakespeare and his wife um, deal with it emotionally and, and sort of as a family with their other children and, and stuff. And it's really, really good. It's enti- almost entirely a work of fiction because all, you, all we really know about Hamlet is that he was born and then he died. Um, so we don't even know how he died or any of that stuff. But um, it's a really, really nice. Uh, well, it's very sad, obviously, but it's very emotional and a really nicely told story. And I enjoyed it very much. Uh, and Hamlet is my favourite Shakespeare play as well. So, you know, not... Not to be a point-and-click playing intellectual, but... Uh... I like Julius Caesar. Mark Antony's funeral oration's wicked. And it's got a character called Brutus. Well, I mean, <laughs> what's not to like? What's your favourite Shakespeare play, Matthew? Uh, I, I like the villainy of Iago in Othello. He is the Matthew Castle of Shakespeare, actually. He's a great, he's a great villain. I mean, awful, obviously, but a great villain. Oh. He's an aquarium banger, if ever I saw. Oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. no. The thing is, though, he'd get someone else to do it for him. That's the that's the beauty of it. True, he'd be like, true. he'd be like Othello. Don't you want to be banging on those fish tanks? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the lost folios. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a sequel to Othello set in the London Aquarium. Yeah. Othello two. <laughs> <laughs> Othello two, the banging. <laughs> And scene. Oh, um, we can't do unseen because I've got to do all the governs at the end. Um, uh, thank you for listening to the Electronic Wireless Show episode 137, the best combat in game special. Uh, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and you can find Rock Paper Shotgun um, on Twitter and Facebook, uh, like all the Mortal Kombat pals. Um, you can find us on YouTube as well, just look for Rock Paper Shotgun. We have a merch store, which is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash rock paper shotgun. Um, and uh, a Discord uh, where you can hang out and discuss whether the moon is weather and um, whether at the moment, I think they're talking about if a burger is a sandwich, which it is not. It's only a sandwich in America. If it was a sandwich, it would be called a sandwich, not a burger. That's why there's a separate word for it. Um, there, put that to bed. Um, uh, and what else? Uh, yeah, if you tweet about us, remember to use hashtag uh, fatblood, hashtag big oats, and hashtag Shergar's heart squad. Uh, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com where you can also listen to uh, our fellow, our sister podcasts, PC Gaming Week Spot and Warzone Audio Bang, and there'll have been an ad that I forgot to do a pause for <laughs> earlier in the uh, the episode. Um, but I think that's it, yeah. Uh, goodbye from me, Alice Bell. Goodbye from goon number six, Matthew Castle. Goodbye. And goodbye from uh, M. Bison, Nick Reddy. I'll chop your head off. Nice one.